Hey guys. Hello. <laughs> Surely we can't get ourselves in any trouble on this thing. Oh no, no. <laughs> like us. I- I'm gonna try and traffic cop this somewhat hopelessly. Oh, why? Welcome, everybody, to The Lake Show. I'm Anthony Irwin. I'm joined by Harrison Fagan. And for a special LeBron Union podcast, we're uh, talking with the guys from the Chase Down Pod and Fear the Sword, Justin Rowan, Lakers Twitter's favorite, and Carter Rodriguez. <laughs> Who they've never heard of. <laughs> no, I'm sure, I'm sure you've popped up. I'm sure... I'm sure both of you have popped up. Lakers Twitter's. No, I saw people getting mad about your Brandon Ingram. Who was it? Oh. It was uh, oh, Anthony, it was, uh, Anthony, Anthony Bennett. Anthony Bennett. <laughs> so yeah, you're, you're you are just as well renowned. My, my favorite part of that whole bit is that like I was being so obnoxious, and <laughs> I just saw. And every time Brandon Ingram scores more than 18 points, I have all these people being like, "See." <laughs> <laughs> they don't 100 percent understand that that's not helping yeah probably not probably not if he's if he's scoring 18 or more points on 19 or more shots like that's that's kind of defeating okay we can acknowledge that brandon ingram is better than anthony bennett at this point which is, which I, I was we, which know, was okay never come on guys <laughs> Harrison, yeah. like that's the that's, that's the, the that's the joke <laughs> Well, you got me, okay? I, I am here to speak for Lakers fans and get mad at your trolling. Uh, the, the, win, I, the win is people taking I, it serious, serious enough to get mad at it. Like, yeah, just I, the fact that it, they feel like they need to acknowledge it is, is a win. In, in I Carter's am stunned book. that uh, I got yelled at before Justin did on this podcast. <laughs> I'm 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 stunned. I, I'm sitting here thinking, rethinking some stuff right now because Harrison is the likable one right now. Like that's the oh, scary thing. Yeah, he is the nice professional who doesn't get into Twitter beefs. <laughs> and uh, I really would never it. subtweet. I remember. I, I think, let's be honest. He, out of the two of you, Harrison is always the likable one. Last time we were on a podcast with you, you were lying, saying that Larry Nance Jr. and Jordan Clarkson were going to help us. So I, I have hurt feelings. I'll never forgive you or uh, Damon Rangula for telling us about how good the Jordan Clarkson experience was going to be. Oh. Because you're both dicks. Um, <laughs> it is funny, though, because Justin is so hated by Lakers Twitter that... I, I, I work uh, I work at Blizzard, which is headquartered in Irvine, so obviously uh work with a lot of Lakers fans. And there's one coworker I have that was like, oh, you host a podcast with Justin Rowan? <laughs> I, everyone hates that guy. <laughs> That's fantastic. That, that should be the top of your uh, resume or Twitter profile, Justin. Everyone hates that guy. Everyone hates that guy, but I love him. <laughs> so today... Today we're going to uh, we're gonna we're gonna talk about the LeBron experience. Uh, look, Harrison off air called it the worst thing that he's ever been through. Okay, I did not say that. <laughs> um, so so we're gonna we're gonna talk about that. That's gonna be our launching point. We're gonna get through everything. My question is: so I was thinking about this over the weekend, and and like I you know I am in a, a, a group DM with uh, Ryan Morton, whom you guys both know. Well, I'm sorry. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And and I've you know, I I've sensed like a, a, a little bit of burden, a, a uh, 
bitterness towards the Lakers because it looks like they aren't going to to make the playoffs and it's it's somehow all the Lakers fault here and and I also kind of get it while I don't quite agree I get it from the from the standpoint of Cavs fans who this this guy has been a huge chunk of of your city's the that entire city sports success and I would be annoyed also if maybe the the greatest player ever if definitely not in this generation isn't going to make the playoffs and it's because the Lakers made very obvious mistakes early on in this process so I guess I'll start here with you Justin do you sense that kind of bitterness too or is it just kind of everything went out the window as soon as he came to LA well, first of all, I do think you guys are going to make the playoffs. Um, um, I cannot wrap my head around LeBron missing the playoffs. Um, I, I, ju- I just I don't really believe in the Clippers or Spurs. Uh, I could see either or both of those teams falling out to let you and Sacramento in. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I know, at least for me, I was very on board with LeBron leaving. It was something that Carter had mocked me for uh, relentlessly uh, because <laughs> as still he, do as he corrected. <laughs> correctly predicted uh it's a bit of a bloodbath without him um but what had kind of been the launching off point for me because when he first left i assumed okay paul george is going to sign there they're going to trade for Kawhi leonard that's going to be a great team that makes sense um but then when it was kind of the quotes from magic of okay we don't want to do things like cleveland we're going to teach it was it was almost giving off the the sense that we're going to teach lebron how to play properly Uh, and and we're going to teach him how to age gracefully and it was like i think a lot of it was like taking like you know like we know he had his run of the show here and over there in cleveland but we're like a pro org so yeah, we're exactly. gonna we're gonna like kind of take control back, <laughs> See, right? And it's like we're smarter than them. We're gonna zig where they zag. Like they kept trying the shooters around LeBron strategy that clearly wasn't working, and we're gonna just put a bunch of guys that can't shoot around him because that's gonna work way better. Right, and, and I've tweeted about this before, but it's still baffling to me that Magic, who LeBron is probably the closest thing that we've had to Magic in terms mm-hmm. of that kind of point forward. Um, the the kind of thought process for him to go, OK, what we need to do for that type of player is take the ball out of his hands <laughs> and not provide him with shooting. And maybe some of it is still just kind of not wrapping his head around the removal of illegal defense rules <laughs> and what kind of impact that has and how important it is to have shooting for uh, zone defenses that teams play nowadays. Um but it's it's still just baffling to me. So I, I think it was just kind of the the arrogance and the uh, the exceptionalism that was uh, being portrayed through the media that kind of was the launching off point for a lot of the jokes and uh, kind of frustrations. Well, according yeah, to I, Anthony's entertainment sources, Magic hasn't watched a game since he retired. So that's hey, what, that's the line he's been running with. He all had year, to study so. up for the Oscars, Harrison. <laughs> he also coached those like ten games or so. So he, oh, that's he, true. Yeah, come on, Anthony, get it together. That went really well too, if I remember correctly. Yes, no, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I, I think for me, it's a lot of that similar uh, feelings of like I think part of the Schadenfreude is coming from uh, people pretending they knew better. Or that, you know, I think a lot of times we kind of draw the wrong conclusions from uh, different information. And like, like, so LeBron, so we were faced with this like data point, which is LeBron can't beat the Warriors. And the conclusion a lot of very not smart people came to, which was like, oh, well, it's just because now the other guys are like that good at dribbling and scoring. 
<laughs> That's mm-hmm. not why he couldn't beat the Warriors the last couple of years. <laughs> and anyone paying attention knows that. So there's a bit of schadenfreude. And then I think there is a little bitterness um, just from the fact that it's like this is a guy that I think we have invested a lot into. I think I'm a little more fond of LeBron's. Uh, even his shenanigans than Justin is. Justin, I think, is more on the Harrison spectrum where he's just like so exhausted. But it's, it's pretty tiresome. I think there's kind of a fun art to to the drama <laughs> that it, that I don't like. I don't know. I kind of like get a a, a kick out of. It's endearing um, when he's not on your team. Like I, yeah, it is very endearing. No, yeah, uh, I loved it when he was on the Cavs. It was like fun to yes. watch, like the the ooh, ooh, like twelve a.m. like drop from McMenamin about like LeBron had just like cussed out, you know, like like he, publicly to reporters about they didn't have playmakers and all that stuff. Like that kind of stuff was great to watch from afar when I didn't have to write about it. Not, yeah. not liking Isaiah Thomas, so he planned a, a trip to Napa once hit, IT was healthy so that he didn't have a chance to practice with the team, so he knew that he didn't want him there. <laughs> That's <laughs> fantastic. Yeah, so that kind of stuff. But, like, in, in general, I'm pretty fond of LeBron, and, like, you know, I think, in fairness, like, it is easy to say that we are taking so much pleasure in there's so much schadenfreude and irritation and bitterness for uh, the Lakers putting around a, a bad roster around him. But you might note, we were also pretty bitter when the Cavs put last year's roster around <laughs> Fair him. point. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, it's annoying to watch a really good player be misused and mishandled. And, like, of course there's always, like, a degree of, like, culpability from LeBron because he's very imperfect and very irritating at times. And, and I do wonder... My question to you guys actually is, do you kind of get it now when we were kind of saying LeBron isn't playing that well, even when he was putting up these crazy stat lines? Yeah, yeah, oh, I 100% get it now. He he's absolutely capable of 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 knowing where to be to get those stat lines so that people point to that at the end of the game and not the way that he got to those stat lines. I wanted right. to I want to come back. I don't to even the know point. if it's that you know malicious though i think it's just like he just kind of walks into those in his sleep with his yeah. play style yeah but yeah that doesn't mean it's a good game yeah I, I didn't mean it to be malicious it's just he's he's that good he's that smart that he, yeah, can, he can do it without trying yeah but i i do think though i want to come back to carter's point about just just the annoyance that comes from good players being on bad teams that are bad because of ineptitude right because like sometimes Bad bad teams happen because injuries happen, right? Yeah, and and that's what a lot of fans... which I mean, we should note that in part, well, th- this did fall apart because of injuries. They, it, they were doing yes. they were doing pretty well. Like I'm not going to say that they would have been the fourth seed the entire season. We've seen too much like since then to like, but like they probably they wouldn't be in this kind of desperate playoff hunt had LeBron not missed the most games of his career. I I, I just think that that's worth noting. I, I've just always thought that with good and and in this case all time great players. That organization owes it not just to that player and to themselves to to put a, a legitimate product around that player, but to 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 the NBA in general, right? NBA fans in general. We only have maybe about three really good LeBron seasons left, if that, right? Yeah, and, that's and, probably optimistic. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. And and so you know, a third of those of those seasons that that we might have gotten it, it has been wasted this year because of this experiment. With with very little net in case it didn't work out, right? If if it if it appeared that the Lakers were going to need shooting, they didn't do anything to to mitigate that. And the shooters that they that were supposed to mitigate against the if that experiment was a disaster 
haven't been shooters. None of none of the guys that that the Lakers thought were going to be able to provide that kind of shooting are shooting above thirty five percent from three this year. So mm-hmm. it's been it's been tough to watch. Harrison, you've been I, I I'm interested in in your take on this specifically because. I don't know if anybody has had to write as much as you have about a LeBron experience, like in in this the, the number of articles and and the, the amount. Oh of no, I would say stuff. Christian probably has. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably true, but but from from where you're sitting, it, it, what's it been like for you to to have to kind of chart down and 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 transcribe what what has been a really weird season so far. Well, it's just been it, it's less the like the transcribing burden of it or anything. It's like the it's the having to read between the lines. It's the like constantly like there are all these anonymous reports about various, you know, like who is thinking what and what the Lakers want and what LeBron uh, LeBron's camp totally separate from LeBron obviously wants. And uh there's just been, it's it's almost like covering politics like instead like that's, it's not That's why certain beat reporters on the Cavs beat were so good with LeBron. <laughs> Yeah, because yeah, like it, it, it is not a sports job, really. It's yeah, parsing I mean, through it, a lot of bullshit. It's why I wanted to actually give you guys like uh, how I, I originally wanted to start this podcast, but, but I forgot until we got on the air and then we were already going was like <laughs> I, I wanted to give both of you a chance to take a victory lap. And because, um, <laughs> you know, you haven't gotten to do that a whole lot for the Cavs this year. But like take a victory lap and tell us, you know, like I, I'm sure it was frustrating when some of us were holding out hope that LeBron would like play the five more, which he's done a little bit more lately. But like like do these things that like we, I think all of us like by his actions had talked ourselves into that he would do. They're like, oh, they're signing playmakers. So he's going to be willing to play off the ball more. They don't really have a center. That means LeBron's going to be willing to play the five. He signed in L.A. He must like the young guys. We've seen that many of those things are not very true and that it seems like this move was almost separate from that in a lot of ways. And so I just wanted to give you guys a chance to say, I told you so, because I'm sorry. (laughs) The big thing that like, it's, it's, you know, it's so easy to victory lap and trust me, we will. But the big thing (laughs) is that, and this sounds really, really mean. It's like, you just can't listen to what he says. Yeah. Like, because and I don't even know if it's you know similar to the stats thing. I don't even know if he's lying when he's like, oh yeah, I like playing off ball and mm-hmm. I want to play fast and uh, you know like like all this all these things that kind of sound. I think LeBron has an idealistic version of basketball in his brain that uh, in game LeBron is not actually that interested in. Yeah, to like, me, right. I, and like oh sorry, I, I always took the fast thing as like he just wanted to get out on the break. I didn't think that that necessarily meant being among the league's fastest paced teams. Like I think that players and like numbers probably there's probably like a disconnect in semantics there. Yeah, maybe right, right. Um, and and, and, and he doesn't like playing fast. He likes no, no, he really doesn't. And he like likes to play chess, he likes mm-hmm. to sit at the top of the arc, survey the defense, and make a skip pass. That's and, and I think him. there was some value to reducing his minutes and and uh, kind of playing that way. But when he's playing that many possessions, I think it was Tom Haberstrow, he's basically at like a career high or near it uh, for possessions per game. And I, I think in terms of getting LeBron rest, allowing him to kind of walk up the floor, bring it up there and execute in the half court, that's probably going to be a little less taxing on his body yeah. than playing at a high pace for the possessions he's out there. And it's funny that we, we joked about Magic uh, as a head coach earlier, because I think there's some of the same problem with LeBron. Um, when 
you when you're at that level, like so much comes naturally to these guys that you know what the the players around you are supposed to do and you understand what kind of the ideal vision for a team is. But when those guys aren't instinctively doing it, I think LeBron instantly reverts to, okay, I need the ball in my hands. I can no longer trust you with the ball. Let me just show you how to do it. Like, I I don't think there's patience for these kind of generational players, especially the the passers, because they just see the game differently. Um, So I I think that's why you see with coaches, sometimes role players make better uh, coaches than these stars do. Mm -hmm. And I, I think LeBron's trying to kind of weigh being a coach on the floor with developing guys. And it's just a tough situation. And um, I, I think Harrison's right on, on the money when he says this. A lot of these issues are, are a result of LeBron missing time, uh, because even though their their schedules backloaded to accommodate TV schedules and their offense wasn't great before he went down, um, I, I still think that a lot of the issues that came up this season were just a result of LeBron getting hurt. LeBron and Lonzo, because Lonzo's replacement is Rondo, and Rondo's awful. <laughs> like Ron, Ron, Rondo isn't Rondo isn't very good. And I tried to tell y'all. <laughs> well, I, I I try to tell Laker fans too that that regular season Rondo is not the Rondo that you saw beat the the Pelican or beat the Trailblazers when he was on the mm-hmm. Pelicans. Like that's not it. Those are two separate guys. And he, but at, at least at least out of the guys you brought in, he's probably the one that actually does make positive contribute uh contribution to the mm-hmm. locker room like he helped yeah, a lot he, more earlier in the year like a locker room he's helped i think pretty much the whole way like i've always gotten the sense he's very well liked but like mm-hmm. I, I think early on in the year he actually was kind of helpful on the court and then since then like his defense i don't know what happened if teams just figured out like you know like with things to pick on with him or whatever but he's just like like i saw Jaleel like oka for euro step him in transition <laughs> yes yeah <laughs> i i and i think some of that too is earlier in the year lebron was attempting to to play more off ball and and ronda was uh operating more as the point guard where now i, I think lebron is kind of getting back into that high usage playoff mode mm-hmm. um so i i think that's certainly a big part of that yeah rondo's it's been tough to watch rondo because i had low expectations for him and and look, as you said, of the guys that they signed, not counting KCP because he was already there and they re-signed him, right. but, but of the guys that they signed, he has been the most positive guy, and he's missed 30 games. <laughs> so, so like, even, even in that case, the, the injuries this year have been, have been devastating. But the thing is, with this team, the margin for error was always so thin. Even before the season, they were relying they, – they needed Tyson Chandler to come in and be Tyson Chandler, like, of, of old for a month to, to keep <laughs> yeah. the team afloat. It was a great couple weeks. It was, yeah, it was what a fantastic I, couple weeks. What I've talked about a little bit, and we, we said this to Damon when he was on our podcast, which was just, like, it's a little weird to me that they went and built this roster and basically got all these facsimiles of their young core. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, Rondo is this like knockoff Lonzo. KCP is this knockoff Hart. Beasley is this knockoff Kuzma. And it's like if you just get low use, you know, if you just get these low usage shooters, like you already, you know, you can you make all this this talk about how you know you do want to play a different style and you want to have multiple playmakers alongside LeBron, so it's not just him 
pounding the rock every possession. That's fine. Your roster, your young core is already built to functionally kind of do that. And then they just doubled down on those kinds of players with their signings. And it feels like that's really the problem. I, I do not think that this young core is as bad as NBA Twitter would like to make you think it is, even as Justin and I take pot shots uh, on Twitter once mm-hmm. a day. Like, it no, just, they've the, been, they've, the construction they the doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, the veterans have been the problem. Like, especially last game, it was kind of crazy to me to see all the people making jokes about, oh, like, see, this is why the Pelicans didn't take their offer. Like, Ingram and Kuzma were good in that game, and Lonzo didn't play. Like, the problem is that, like, Lance is terrible. JaVale hasn't played well since December. Tyson Chandler is, like, slowly rotting, like, on the bench. And, like, uh, like all these guys just fell apart. Yeah. yeah. I just don't get why you why they got the same kinds of players. It just felt like such a mistake to me when you already had the roster to play the style that you purported to want to play. You need low usage guys that will defend and make the right plays on the periphery. Those guys who are affordable and instead you overpay Lance and you go chase JaVale and it just didn't make a lot of sense to me. And I really think that's the root of the issue. And we're really never going to be able to evaluate uh, this this young core. And I mean, maybe we never will. If, until if, until they're all stars somewhere else. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you if it goes the way you want it to, we never will, because that means Anthony Davis is on your team. But the, the structure of the of the the supporting casts supporting cast is really what I feel like tanks this team. It's it's the fifth through ninth most important players in the team, not well, the not the third, second, and fourth. You and, know, and to build on that point, because the because the veterans kind of have there's a lot of overlap with their younger counterparts. Luke Walton is sitting there, and politically speaking, he's got to figure out a way to get minutes to the veterans and to these young guys, despite having a lot of the same skill set present. And either you're going to piss off a young guy, and and maybe derail some of their progress or you're going to have a situation like you did with Michael Beasley where he was such a headache that they needed to get rid of him in any way shape or form even though they could have just freaking waved him and not given up their starting center but that's a different thing altogether um you say sitting there do you mean at a greyhound station (laughs) yeah no I think he's already he's already in China so he's not waiting for transportation still (laughs) but yeah I, I would I would say and and that's where you know, again, to kind of get back to the point where I completely get it from because NBA Twitter hasn't been kind to the Lakers this year. And I can't, I understand why it's going to suck if the playoffs start and LeBron isn't in them. That would be no, according to NBA Twitter, it's going to be great to watch the Kings oh, get torn so apart stupid. by the Warriors. Yeah, like these regular season competitive games. Yeah, this is what we're going to get in the playoffs for sure. The Warriors aren't definitely going to start trying harder at that point. <laughs> no, just... no, that that's never, ever happened before. And <laughs> yeah, to, like to me, it. It was justifiable to say, okay, we think that other teams are undervaluing our young core right now. We we don't think that we're getting the right pieces or they're asking too much. And let's kind of play this out. But if you're going to go that route, you're the young guys like Lonzo and Ingram, they're good with the ball in their hands. And, and LeBron is obviously great with the ball in his hands. So you... In theory, if you're going with those one-year guys, you want guys that are going to kind of accentuate what the young guys do well, both to raise their their trade value or to develop them into players that are, are going to be part of your future. If, like, a couple of them took a leap this year, for example. Um, but they, they just didn't go that route. And um, uh, David Griffin had actually, Carter uses this quote a lot, but he had talked about how you have to be really careful with who you give possessions to on a LeBron James team because 
the the possessions that he's using are are just so damn valuable. And every time he's on the court, um, you if you're taking the ball out of his hands, you want to make sure that it's someone that's going to do something with it. And so yeah, <laughs> so you're going to do something like I, I, I think an ideal version of this team, if you're not trading for another all star is LeBron, Lonzo, and uh, Ingram are your primary initiators at, at all times. You stagger them however you want to. And then you have shooters and, and guys that accentuate what they do well. And and the fact that they didn't trade for an all-star, but then they didn't also fully commit and invest in, in the young guys plus LeBron route, it, it, would, it felt like a hedging. It, it was it, that I was just critical of the process, and for me, I'm I'm very much process over results, and both seem shaky here. Oh, they, yeah, the it, the process was was lacking all along. The, the The process there has been, I mean, the, the the process to hire Magic Johnson was basically, oh hey, you're next to me, right? And then Palinka was like, oh hey, you stood next to Kobe for twenty years. <laughs> you guys are both hired. There you go. And and of yeah. course, it's not going to work out. The Polinka one was like the magic one made more sense because he had been part of the ownership group before. He was basically a sibling to Jeannie. The Polinka one was weird that like the morning after they got fired, they're like, all right, well, the leading candidate for GM is Rob Polinka. It's like, wait, there's a leading candidate already. It's been like an hour since they let those guys go. <laughs> and and there was never any other candidates. Yeah. The, the, the leading no, there candidate. Were like no the rumors list reported one. about anyone else ever that I can remember. Yeah, no, it was, yeah. it was, it was, they had to wait for him to, uh, de-invest or, or divest, whatever, divest however. Clients, yeah. Yeah. He had <laughs> to, he had to get out of the agency thing and then, and then he was hired immediately. There was no process there. Yeah. It, it stinks. Um, it, I'm a little interested. Um, it doesn't feel like LeBron is getting flack for this roster like he normally does. Um, do you guys get the sense that he pushed them to sign the guys they signed? Or do you think they just went ahead and thought this was the right strategy? Because that feels like the part that I haven't heard enough about. Because we always, for every second he's ever been in Cleveland, it's the Le GM jokes. Um, yeah. Because no one respects most, the Cavs Which are exhausting. Oh, yeah, exhausting. Yeah, those have been around, but I think it's like like Rondo. I think he definitely wanted just based on his actions and the way that he's yeah. talked about Rondo and stuff like that. I think that's a guy that he definitely wanted. I know that like he was okay with Lance, like they said, and which is kind of a funny sentence anyway. Um, but where we've gotten the LeGM jokes, and I think not unjustifiably was during this whole Anthony Davis thing was like this whole thing kicked off because LeBron just gave uh, just granted on the record to like comments about like, yeah, it'd be amazing to play with Anthony Davis right before an ESPN nationally televised game. And then, um, you know, that, like it's gone on since there. And then you have the whole like his agent is also Anthony Davis's agent. And like, you know, if they're doing this kind of stuff, like at the very least, LeBron, like by so publicly grousing and like trying to get make the Anthony Davis thing happen is at the very least like he's fine with none of these young guys being here, which has to be a really, really awkward dynamic in the locker room. Even if you like understand that Anthony Davis is a top five, like top 10 player at worst. And like, of course, you trade most of these guys for Anthony Davis. Almost anyone would. But at right. the same time, like it, it's, it's one thing kids it's think management about it, and like that's their job, you know, and like, they, of course, they're always going to be shopping you and figuring out what they can get. They're always looking at what's best for the team. I think it's a different dynamic when it's your teammate. That is I, I, like I was I was told <laughs> I was told 
that everyone is a professional and these are adults and, <laughs> and, 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 and you know what, if I, if, if my boss wanted to replace me with someone, uh, that was, that was objectively better than me, I'd get it. We are joined by face. magic Johnson. How about that? <laughs> Special <laughs> like, guest I, appearance. Like people, people, normal people on Twitter were trying to tell me that. And I was like, dude, that is not how that would go if anyone tried to replace you at your job. It doesn't matter how logical it is. It still hurts your feelings. And like, even if you can get behind the logic of it, you're like, okay, I get it. Like, you're still going to be like, F these guys. I'm going to prove them wrong. Yeah, you're like, still hurt. Really hard for these guys. Like, they're trying to replace me. Like, like if they tell you, they're like, yeah, at the end of the month, you're probably going to be gone. We're going to bring in like Jim to take your job or whatever. You know, like you're, you're just going to be like, all right, well, I'm not going to really work very hard this month. I think that's happening in Boston, too. Like, all yeah. these guys know that the only conversations that surround them are you are part of the war chest of assets that Danny Ainge is going to use to get someone that matters. And, I like, I actually think the, the Lakers' young guys have played pretty damn well this year, especially when you consider um, the, the, the rumors noise. and all, all the shit that's kind of gone on uh, behind the scenes here. England um, really turned it on once the trade rumors started. It was wild. <laughs> He's right. like, I'm ready to go to New Orleans. Like, let's let's make sure that like they really want me. Yeah, and and the thing too is going back to what we said at the beginning, where it's okay. Where does some of the uh, the animosity towards the Lakers come from? I I think some of it was just the okay. LeBron is going here, and he's just going to fall in line. The Lakers organization is bigger than him. He's coming to play with the young players, and like in my eyes, it was just always. He views this team as a blank slate. They have a ton of flexibility. They have young guys that he can flip for whoever he wants. And he's going to kind of have his way. And I think the the GM jokes are a little overblown. LeBron's not involved in the day-to-day operations of the front office or anything like that. (laughs) He's scouting tips for second rounders. Yeah, exactly. What he does is he creates opportunities. He creates opportunities through his connections throughout the league, and it's on the front office to either walk through the door or um, slam their face into the frame. Um, so it's, I, I do think that this season has to be frustrating for him. I don't think that it was exactly as he planned out. I, I don't think he went to L.A. to make movies or anything like that. Um, do, do you guys think that he thought Paul George was coming when he signed? I don't think so. I think that was it was wild how quickly that happened. Right. It was. It was. Really... No, well, he definitely didn't think that Paul George was coming when he signed because Paul George had already committed like at that oh, point that, when yeah, Le, right. when it was announced that LeBron had picked the Lakers. So Justin he was obviously... probably meant, Justin probably meant uh, when he decided to come to the Lakers four years ago. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah he, he... In, in the summer of 2016, when he made the decision to come to the L.A., <laughs> do you think he had Paul George then? <laughs> He had just tried to trade for him, right, in Cleveland, and that trade fell through. He tried to trade Kyrie for him, and then that that didn't backfire at all. (laughs) But I I do think – I I think it's tough because on one hand – so either right now because Twitter is not very good at nuance and and just in general people are not very Uh good at nuance. The 240 character limit didn't solve it? it, it, (laughs) Somehow no. Um, But but you have have either people who think that – he was actually fully invested in Lonzo Ball and Kyle Kuzma and Brandon Ingram and those guys. Or you have people who were saying, no, he's, he's going to L.A. Space Jam's coming out July 2021. It's going to be great. Um, which, by the way, that coinciding with the, 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 the summer he can opt out 
That's going to be incredible. That's where we're going to get his free agency it's announcement. Be, it's in the movie. It's going to be, be at the, so Yeah, Dave, David said it. It's going to be at the end of Space Jam. He's <laughs> no, going to realize that he had lost his way and had like sold out in Hollywood, and it was time to go home. It's going to yeah. be great. But, yeah, uh, but I, 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 I think... I'm very worried about the owner soon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Given how cheap he is. <laughs> <laughs> so like what, what I, where, I think, where I think that that, that middle ground where the truth usually sits is that you know he thought well maybe maybe Lonzo gets it at some point right maybe one or two of these kids actually take the leap and and are good enough to keep around here for whatever free agent signs in that summer um i think he overrated the lakers ability i think the lakers overrated their ability to to acquire a free agent this summer it doesn't look like they're the the leader in the clubhouse for any of these guys Kawhi KD Kyrie any of them um, and, and I think, so that's already kind of backfired. And then as a result of maybe noticing that they tried way too hard, they tried way too publicly to try to land Anthony Davis and it derailed the season that they were already, that, that they were already kind of trudging through because of injuries. And it just wound up being like the worst case scenario that the season could have been. Do you and think that, that desperation for Davis comes if LeBron doesn't get hurt? Like, do you think that they, Anthony Davis goes public with his trade demand? Because I, I think if the Lakers were, even if they slipped to like six or seven, I, I don't think that the clutch goes about this the same way. Yeah. That's an interesting, I hadn't thought about that before. I mean, it's possible, but I don't really know. I, I, I mean, I think, it, there's no way to know. Like, yeah. it's pure speculation, but it, it's just something to think about. I think, I think in general, a lot of these stars that, that want out before their contract is up, I think some of these trade demands are going to be they're they're going to be fewer of them, right? Because it hasn't really worked out for any of them. None of them it it quote unquote worked out for Paul George because he stayed in OKC, but none of these guys have gone to the cities that they were that they wanted to go to. The, no, and I think some of the desperation, like I I think the lengths that some players are going to right now, and, and this is my theory. I've kind of been workshopping. I think it's a result of the Warriors that players have to go to extreme measures to accumulate enough talent to clear that bar. And once Kevin Durant goes to New York and the bar of what a contender needs to be gets lowered, I think you'll see more players saying, hey, I can win here as the Mm -hmm. guy. Or you can have one or two star teams that believe in themselves again. I I think the the Warriors have completely thrown the league out of whack in some ways with that. And Durant leaving could kind of change uh, the NBA landscape and, and this era of players demanding trades in, in this way, at least, uh, is going to be short lived. Yeah, I, I hope so. I, I really do hope so. Because, like, look, I'm not I'm not one to to claim that I'm I'm hugely loved in in New Orleans or anything like that. But it this that whole situation sucks for him. Like they have to. I, I actually do think their team is better without Anthony Davis. There's the, the, there's not that ghost of He's not going to try hard. Oh, you He's... mean like right now, not in general? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. No, I, I mean yeah. like like this Anthony Davis who can only yeah. play like 20 minutes or so. In those 20 minutes that he's out there, he's not going to go full bore because he doesn't want to get hurt and the Pelicans don't want him to get hurt. So yeah. like when he doesn't play, that's one fewer distraction. Sure, he's over there sitting there on the sideline, but he's not out there on the court and he's not a, 20, uh, a 20th of whatever is going on out there, a fifth of whatever's going on out there. So – so yeah, I, I think for for all of this pre agency stuff, as fun as it is to write about and speculate about, it's I don't think it's particularly great for for the league. Harrison, I, I, I want to 
I I actually want to go back to the GM stuff a little bit here um, and like kind of focus back in on that because I I do think that it's interesting, like the amount of four hour meeting. Yeah, the amount of like polarization and debate that like uh, that having LeBron on the team has seemed to create here. Like I I was joking over the weekend, but it's pretty much true. Like Lakers Twitter, Lakers Twitter civil war has basically started. You have like the Kobe stands versus (laughs) the LeBron stands versus like the people who like like the young. They're like somehow young core stands already and Mm -hmm. like like, led by Anthony, actually. Um, And (laughs) so like you have all these people fighting. And I guess what I just want to ask you guys is like. Does having LeBron on the team, like, has it always made the online experience and the experience of, like, watching and or covering a team, like, this miserable? Yes. Okay. Um, <laughs> like, the the bulk of death threats I got over the four years were from LeBron fans. Uh, LeBron any... fans are, like, the, uh, I'm, I'm actually going to say this on the podcast because oh, I think God. the Kobe stands, I'm, how do I say this? Kobe stands get a bad rap. Because, um, <laughs> oh my God, oh, LeBron, stands, LeBron stands are somehow more militant Kobe stands that like that are because LeBron actually deserves stands. They're more yeah, LeBron has a legit claim to best player ever. <laughs> well, it's true. That, that's true. But um, LeBron stands are like Kobe stands if they thought they were woke and like they were like supporting oh, like yeah. a really good person. Um, that is a factor. But yeah. then also, yeah, there's a weird mix of that. But it really, I think more than anything, Harrison, it's a numbers game. There's so many. And, like, because LeBron has a national fan base in a way that Kobe, like, has one. But, like, it is more L.A.-centric at its most militant. Mm-hmm. Whereas yeah. LeBron is really, like, like I don't think Cleveland is the house of the biggest LeBron stands, right? Like, no. they're, it's a nationwide thing because yeah, yeah. of his status as a player and... Uh, just kind of the way he's conducted himself over his career. So I do think it feels worse. Well, my sample size is also somewhat probably biased because, like, Kobe stands have never had, like, a huge reason to get upset with me. Yeah, you've never had any fun times with LeBron yet. (laughs) Yeah, I found found that LeBron stands are a lot more sensitive. Like, like the other night, I was, like, I was saying that, like, the whole Lakers team needed to step up, and somebody was replying to me with this stat line. Like, a bunch of them were replying to me with this stat line. They're like, oh, LeBron needs to step up? What does he need to do? Get 28, like, 12, 12, and 4 blocks? And I'm like, no, that's not what I'm talking about at all. Like... Yeah, the, the thing with the LeBron experience is it it's almost like in, in the history books, there's always like a central character or a central country for a certain era and time. And the NBA history books are going to be written through the eyes of LeBron. It's all going to be centered around LeBron for this era. And there's a pressure that comes with that. Like, and especially this year, like this is the decline of LeBron James. We Carter and I were talking about it two years ago that we didn't think that it was possible to build a top 10 defense around him because that, that was the end of, and then the Lakers did it. So give them some credit. Yeah, no, absolutely. (laughs) I I actually give Luke Walton a lot of credit for how good the the defense was, uh, especially with not a lot of good defenders in my eyes, or at least not in the positions that typically impact team defense. Yeah. Um, JaVale specifically. Yeah. (laughs) But it's, there's just so much pressure that does come with LeBron. And as he ages and as his body breaks down, um, there, there's a desperation from his fans that, okay, we need to see him get over the hump. We we're so accustomed to eight straight finals here. Uh, what, what's going on? So I, I, I do emphasize, uh, empathize with you guys that it's, it's a really tough situation that you're in. And, um, there, there's a part of me that's glad that this era of LeBron isn't going to be in a Cavs Jersey. Cause we, 
even though the defense had pretty much kind of left his game, we, we still got just an unreal version of him. And, and this last year, um, even though it was pretty clear that he was on his way out, it was the opposite of 2010 where he just flat out quit in a playoff series with shooting left-handed to, to really show how little of a he gave part of my friend. And um, this, this year he just absolutely gave his all, especially in that Boston series. So hey, I, I'm empathetic to you guys because it, it's a really, really tough spot to well, be in. I, yeah, this I was think, my, I actually uh, think Anthony. that's really impacted his ability to, to get that second guy there. Like a lot of his leverage across the league comes from his ability to to be the best player on the court, no matter who else is on the court with him. And I think as that's kind of faded a little bit, that's that's obviously going to impact it a little bit. And and you know you're talking about like Paul George, I believe is what twenty six, twenty seven. Yeah, around there. That that's so like a seven that year. Neighbor. That's a seven year difference. Kyrie is what twenty five. You know that's that's a that's a nine year difference between those guys and and the the age of player that are entering their prime that he would be able to to hopefully land or or convince to come play with him. You're, you're talking about age gaps of at least five ish years. And it's funny you're still kind of banking on Lakers exceptionalism in its own weird. You kind of sort of are like <laughs> like not that LeBron not entirely like you were before, but a little bit. Yeah, uh, but Carter, you were gonna you were gonna add to Justin's point. Yeah, well, do you remember when we were first talking? I think this was actually a DM conversation we had uh, when you were feeling warm about the idea of adding old LeBron uh, mm-hmm. if he didn't come with any stars. And I was like, and I've kind of been pushing this for a while. I was like, I just really thought that this it, this experiment wasn't going to go right because as a star ages, you the kind of person who it. knows is the star. Yeah, and, and also you have to the fan base has to be ready and willing to go through that downslide with them mm-hmm. and, and, and be accepting of that. And I was like, that's not going to happen in LA. They're going to no, sign this it, guy it has and, not they're gonna, <laughs> and they're going to, and they're going to expect us. They're going to expect the best player in the f-ing world. Sorry. I don't know if I'm allowed to say the F word on here. Uh, they're going to expect the charge editing. Yeah. They're going <laughs> to expect the best player in the world. And ultimately, they're probably not going to get that, especially on the back end of the contract. And I just saw, and that's what I was so concerned about, which is like, if he goes to a place where he doesn't have a good infra- infrastructure, where he's, where he is, you know, he's allowed to age gracefully, then it's going to feel really, really ugly. And, you know, I just thought, you know, maybe in Cleveland at the least, like they just owe him so much as a fan base um, that, you know, it's similar to how like Dirk has aged. You know, no one's like, "God damn it, Dirk!" <laughs> like, <laughs> like they they kind of get it. You know, he's their guy forever. Yeah. Uh, and I was just like, that was what freaked me out the most as someone who has kind of gone through it all with LeBron, from loving him to him really hurting my feelings to this time where it's like just like an amicable breakup at this point. Yeah. You know, it's like. I, I just kind of don't I was very nervous about seeing his career in that way. And, you know, maybe this is all forgotten when Anthony Davis is suiting up for the Lakers next season. But in the meantime, I'm just really anxious that that's the way that his career is going to end because or like I, it LeBron, doesn't really befit his him as a player. Yeah. Or LeBron gets back to full health and starts killing it down the stretch and actually flips this proverbial playoff yeah, switch or whatever. Even, you know, even then, even then, yeah. Harrison, I'm saying. Two years from now, yeah, yeah, like right. if this no, I mean, doesn't work, to worry we're about in trouble. 
Yeah. What and like just guys are coming off the market and not landing in LA and some guys that we thought might be good fits maybe weren't as good of fits or got hurt or you know like all these secondary stars kind of don't look quite right and the primary stars don't seem that interested in going outside of AD. Um, it's just a really messy situation. I think it'd be a real bummer. And as I said, I've said all the whole time, Lakers fans don't love their players like that, especially not uh, mercenaries. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, like they gave, they gave Kobe the Kobe benefit of the doubt because he had been around 20 yeah. years. Homegrown. That matters. Yeah. That matters to right. fan bases. Like we can pretend it doesn't, but it does. Yeah. Oh no, mm-hmm. it absolutely matters. I don't. I don't think that anybody that's being honest really would ever pretend that it doesn't. Like, like you, you brought up the Dirk example. There's the Kobe example. Like, if you're with a franchise for, you give them like 15 incredible Hall of Fame years, and then your last three or whatever, you know, your last three to five, like, are they're like not the greatest, and then all of a sudden it's like, okay, that guy's really not himself anymore. Like, fans are still going to be like remembering the good times and all of that stuff. They're going to be a lot more understanding. Whereas, like, I don't know any Lakers fans who didn't like that last Kobe's Kobe game. Like, even oh, even yeah. if you admit it was kind of stupid, you're like, oh, it was fun, though. That was hard. yeah. The last was... season was pretty miserable, but the final game was like, yeah. You know, like, I'm not a <laughs> Lakers was... fan. Most of the people who are not Kobe fans or saw that game, like, what on earth was that? <laughs> that was, so that was one of the greatest nights of my life because <laughs> I. I was neck and neck with my brother in fantasy basketball for the championship, <laughs> and I picked up Kobe off waivers. Oh I won God. by one point. That's I needed a... everything. I needed everything. All he 60. Gave. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that was a lot. And... <laughs> All right. So, so I, we got we to gotta get out of here pretty soon. I want to end on this. We got to look ahead to the rest of the season. Justin, you've already said that you can't. You can't imagine LeBron not making the playoffs. I'm in that same boat, even with all of logic pointing to it's going to this this hill is going to be a lot to climb. I want to just ask this pretty plainly, Carter, Justin, either of you guys, do do you think do you think LeBron's healthy? I, I that game against New Orleans, he was isolated against Jalil Okafor and didn't even try to go at him. He just like no, rotated. He's the- not healthy. It it honestly reminds me so much of 2015, and like we, part of why I thought it was a little ridiculous that fans were assuming there was going to be multiple years of prime left. Like when when I was talking to to Rye, and he's like, "Well, if we don't sign anyone this summer, we can always wait until 2020." I'm like, "No, you can't kick the no. can that far down the road here." Because yeah. back in 2015, I we were really freaked out whether or not there was going to be much left of him because he was having issues with his back all year. Um, he just didn't look like the same player, and he looks like the same guy right now. Where there is something kind of holding him back physically. And he's three and, years older, and and I think so much is going to be. Like people are going to look at that and they're already at the conclusion that he's kind of checked out or, or that he's being passive aggressive. And, and I do think there might be an element of frustration there, but ultimately I, I just don't think he's a hundred percent right. Like even if you looked at him in the all-star game, um, there, there were moments where it was like, okay, he's just a little bit off. I, I, especially with the groin injury, that's something that can really, really linger. Um, yep. I, I don't think he's at a hundred percent here. I think you no, see it. I don't so, People people watch him take off, and he had that Statue of Liberty dunk against Houston. He had a big dunk in the All-Star game, and people say, like, look, he's 100%. That straightforward motion with a groin, you can you can handle that. But any type of change in direction, you can just yep. kind of see him pull up a little bit. Uh, Carter, do you, if you agree with, with Justin, and if LeBron isn't fully 100%, 
can the Lakers do enough around him to make up for that and, and make up this gap to get back into the playoffs? I don't know, man. I think a big part of it is like even when LeBron's at a 100 percent, he's just so crafty and his game is so developed. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was watching uh, someone had cut together a highlight reel of him against Boston in the playoffs last year. And what really caught my eye was how few positive plays were generated via athleticism. Mm-hmm. For the most part, it was just impeccable footwork and yeah. being really, really smart in com- controlling the game. And even if he's not at 100% physically, uh, when he's focused, it's almost like focus matters more than anything uh, with playoff LeBron. It's like I'm actually locking in every single possession and I'm going to generate us a good look. And I don't think that is as affected by the groin. It's it's really the his you know ability to BS up some points that gets hurt. Yeah. So to that end, like. I don't know what the Lakers can do to support him other than just be better than they've been. Um, <laughs> they need to respond which, to his verbal subtweeting. Yeah, well, that's not going to work. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, that's part of the game, I guess. I don't know. Um, but you know, it just it it feels like he's going to figure it out um, because I think it's a real point of pride for him not to miss the playoffs um, mm-hmm. and to validate his choice. You know, I I do think oh, that's that a big that's a good point. I do think ultimately uh, we're going to remember this season as LeBron missed a quarter of the season, which yeah. he's never done before. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, if the Cavs were in the West last year and LeBron missed 20, how many games did he miss? 20? Uh, it was 18. I think 18. 18. So if, if he missed 20 games last year and the Cavs were in the West last year, they wouldn't have made the playoffs either. That team was not good. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I think, we might remember the injury a little more than it feels like we do now. Um, just because as Justin made a very astute point, LeBron, uh, tends to have a lot of control over how the narrative of, uh, the NBA goes in the short term. Uh, but I don't know. It just feels like he's going to figure it out, man. I, I, I don't know. It's, it's, I don't have good reasons other than I've, wa- I have watched it for so long and all the times Justin and I have talked about plenty, all these times where, you know, Justin picked the Hawks in the playoffs in 2015. Oh, no. You know, <laughs> you know like, and, like, and the Raptors last year. Yeah, oh, I man. think I picked the Raptors, too. You know, like all these times where it's like none of the logic really lines up. But damn it, it's LeBron. Yeah. So he and he just kind of figures it out. So I, I'm just kind of of the opinion in the same way that I'm like, I'm going to pick the Warriors to win every year until they don't. Uh, I'm going to pick LeBron to always kind of do more than we logically think his team should because he's really, really good. And for your guys' sake, I hope it happens because I think that it's so much easier to deal with the stupid crap uh, that comes with having LeBron on your team when you get to watch a savant be great on a night-to-night basis. Absolutely. And you guys haven't really gotten to have the fun part yet. And uh, while while, uh, I would argue good portions of Lakers Twitter don't always deserve it because they uh, were (laughs) pretty spoiled about the whole thing coming in. Uh, My my friends in the— Shouts to Domin, new Bucks uh, fan. (laughs) Oh, I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. He, uh, you know, but ultimately, like, I have a lot of friends on this team, and, like, it just stinks to have someone— have an experience that you it's like i watched this movie that i loved yeah. and then i showed you the movie and you didn't love it it's kind of a bummer yeah like so i want you guys to get to see the fun part um that makes it all worth it uh as being a fan of a team that has lebron because unlike justin i was not ready to move on and i really treasured <laughs> 
that playoff run for that reason because it was like, hey, if this is it, like, what a cool way to go out. Um, we, we got Turkish LeBron. We're fine. Yeah, we we got Turkish LeBron now. So <laughs> ultimately, uh, yeah, I think he's going to figure it out, and I think you're going to get there. Yeah, I I want to think so too. Um, you guys have have a lot more experience with with that type of LeBron who just you watching it firsthand. He just does things that mathematically, logically, you don't really, you can't really explain how it happened. It just kind of happened. He makes um, you look stupid as a writer because it's so hard to quantify yeah. what he can and can't do. Like the the Cavs were within like a possession or two from losing in the first round. Like if Tristan Thompson doesn't have like a throwback game seven against Indiana, they lose in the first round. Then they play a, the best team in the conference in Toronto and sweep them. And then they play a lesser team as in an injured Boston. And that goes down to the wire as well. There there's no rhyme or reason with LeBron. He's just real good. Great. Love it. Let's get to enjoy it. (laughs) Well, this was a lot of fun. A lot better, guys. (laughs) Good, good. LeBron is going to make you look stupid, Harrison. So lean into the insanity. Oh no, I'm I'm pretty used to that, honestly. (laughs) (laughs) Not as used to it as Anthony. Harrison is very good at looking stupid. That is, he likes wearing that fedora. Harrison, you aren't wearing your fedora, are you? Oh, I'm wearing it right now. Of course. Oh my god, out of boy, out of boy, man. Well, that'll do it though for this episode of the Lake Show. Thank you guys very much again. Check them out at the Chase Down. You can read their stuff at Fear the Sword. Uh, you you know who both of these guys are on Twitter at Cavsanida and at Carter Shade still right? Yeah, Carter underscore Shade. Yep. So and then you guys know where to find Harrison and me on Twitter and and stuff like that. So this was a lot of fun. Thank you guys for for carving out a little bit of time as we get ready for uh, a playoff chase for the Lakers and a Zion chase for the Cavs. And, uh, and yeah, best of luck for both of you. Lakers aren't out of the Zion chase yet. Let's not get ahead <laughs> of ourselves. That's actually right. You guys, if you guys miss playoffs, you are getting the first pick. Just know yeah. that. The, the, the frozen is, envelope is coming across is, the table. That is a lock. Also, uh, premature condolences to uh, all the unsubscribes you're going to have after they find out Justin was on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Have a good one, No, guys. we're just going to get, like, another poll, like, saying if Anthony should be allowed to book his own guests oh, again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Bye, guys. <laughs> bye, guys.